Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne McGahey, and man, um, Florida State lost 42-13 to to Notre Dame on uh, on Saturday, and it, I mean, it was worse than the score indicated. Notre Dame absolutely just physically dominated Florida State. They were better in every aspect of the game. And really, I mean, there's nothing much else to say that hasn't been said over the past three games. You know, Florida State's been outscored 148 to 51 in three in over the last three games. Like they're they've almost lost by a combined 100 points in in, in three games. Like, how does that even happen? Um, but. I'm going to try and avoid talking about the, the Notre Dame game. We're going to talk a little bit about it and, and some stuff. But, I mean, there's really nothing else to say beyond what we've said against Clemson and NC State. Florida State's a bad football team. That's, I mean, really the, the coaching is a question. Efforts, you know, the, they were playing hard. But they just, I mean, talent is a major question. <clears throat> like They have no identity on either side of the ball. No adjustments are being made. Nothing is is getting any better, and that has to do with the fact that the competition's gotten better. But I can't think of a single area that Florida State has shown progress in from the beginning of the season. Like, I can't. Like there's nothing there. Um, I know I skipped my intro, but we're gonna just continue to jump into this. I'm the Florida State beat writer for the for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for the last four seasons, and I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. Um, so. But man, this you know Notre Dame just pounded, pounded the rock against Florida State. The defense couldn't stop the run. They didn't make any adjustments uh, to to stopping the run. They finally, after apparently nine quarters of getting beat one on one with safeties and coverage, made adjustments into the second half. But Notre Dame only threw the ball six times, so we didn't really get to see it a lot. Um, you know, Florida State's safeties gave up nine or seven touchdowns in nine quarters to wide receivers and tight ends because they were matched up in one-on-one coverage. And then they finally adjusted in the second half when Notre Dame threw six passes, whatever. Um, I mean, Florida state's defense is on pace right now. Florida state's defense is on pace to be the worst scoring defense in program history. Program history. Like that that's where we are right now. That's what 2018 Florida State is. The worst scoring defense in program history. An offense that can't get anything done, still can't line up properly, uh, still has no identity, can't run the football, refused to throw the football downfield, is constantly changing out personnel. I mean, George Campbell started started a game after not playing since Samford on, on Saturday. I, you know, Florida State's... I, I don't understand a lot of the personnel decisions that were made during the game, on the, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I do understand the ones that were made on defensive side of the ball because, you know, I've been calling for him for multiple weeks now. Marvin Wilson finally got the start. Josh Kando started opposite of Brian Burns. And Leonard Warner moved into the starting lineup with, uh, with Dontavious Jackson um, moving out to the Sam linebacker. Those changes made sense and should have been made six, seven games ago. But on the offensive side of the ball, George Campbell got to start at wide receiver, a guy who hadn't played 
in eight weeks. I, Jawan Williams got the start over a healthy Brady Scott. You know, Taggart was asked about that uh, today during his press conference, and he said they just wanted to go with Jawan Williams because he felt that they, you know, he gave him a better chance to win. Jawan Williams, who has been arguably the worst offensive lineman I've ever seen, start start to to start a game at Florida State this season. Um, it, I mean, he's he's been atrocious. I have no idea why they would con- why they continue to go back to him, especially over Brady, who hasn't been great. But at least he's putting in the effort. At least he's in the right position. I mean, whatever. Uh, I I don't I don't understand any. I don't understand those. Um, DeAndre Francois started. You know, he completed under fifty percent of his passes because it is a ranked game, and that's what he does. Um, you know, it, it's a game against a ranked opponent. He's going to struggle. That's literally every time uh, Florida State plays a ranked opponent. That's what he does. So. I mean, yeah, he targeted George Campbell more than he did Tamar and Terry for the first two quarters of that game. Hey, yeah, that happened. That that's an actual that, that's an actual thing that happened. Um, Francois threw a pick on the second play of the game. Uh, after, you know, we I keep saying that he makes the incorrect reads all the time, and it's all the time. So at this point, I'm just gonna say that it's not reads. Because Taggart obviously knows that he's not going to make the correct reads and he keeps calling them. So he's basically just calling runs or short passes either way. Um, but he threw a pick on the second play of the game. It bounced right off of uh, Trey McKitty. Um, Francois was throwing it like he was throwing the ball 70 yards downfield. Just threw it as hard as he could right at the dude who uh, and it also threw it early. Because it hit, uh, it hit McKitty as he was getting like literally coming out of his break. He wasn't even out of his break yet when the ball was there. Um, so, you know, McKitty probably should have still caught it, but it was just as much on DeAndre. That pick was just as much on DeAndre as it was on Trey McKitty. Um, but, I mean, what are you going to do? He averaged, I think for the first, like, three quarters of the game, he was averaging, like, three yards per attempt. You know, Florida State was, uh, was taking and making a bunch of, bunch of short throws. Tamori and Terry wasn't targeted downfield until I believe the fourth quarter, you know, he, I mean, he didn't get helped by his wide receivers. I mean, Terry had three drops at the end of the game. Um, and I think Ontario Wilson had a drop. I think Nooney had a drop. I think Keith Gavin had, had a drop, but he didn't help his re- uh, receivers out either. He made, you know, Florida State's receivers made some, uh, made some catches that shouldn't have really been caught, but they just made excellent plays on them. So it, I don't want to say evened out. There were probably more drops than those, but it kind of sort of evened out. Either way, it wasn't um, it wasn't a great performance from DeAndre. But Taggart said that he's going to start for the re- remainder of the season. I'm going to get into that in a little while because because uh, Taggart said something today that really irked me and bothered me. Um, so I'm going to get into that in just a minute, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But getting back to the the Notre Dame game, Dexter. Dexter Williams ran for over 200 yards. It's the first time Florida State's had an opponent run for more than 200 yards in a game since 1982. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass in the red zone. Florida State's red zone defense is absolutely abysmal. Like, they have no idea what they're doing. Like, it's just, like, they, they have continued to have safeties lined up one-on-one against uh, wide receivers and tight ends, and they just continue to get beat. Uh, it's just, it's... 
I, I have no idea. They don't make adjustments. There's no adjustments being made in that area. There was no adjustments made being made to to the run defense. And, you know, that's because Florida State linebackers haven't been very good. But, man, I mean, you got to try something else. There's just no adjustments being made anywhere on the defensive side of the ball. And Florida State's, I mean, it's just where Florida State is in, uh, in the 2018 season. It's been rough. It's been a rough season so far. And, you know, right now, Florida State's one game away from from losing out on a 36-year bowl streak. You know, that that's that's where we are right now. Um, you know, Florida State has two games left against Boston College and Florida. Uh, Boston College opens as a one-point favorite over Florida State because of the status of their quarterback. I'm surprised it's that low. Um, last year, if I'm sure most of you would like to have forgotten, but I'm going to remind you anyway, Boston College beat Florida State 35-3 to and just physically dominated, just physically dominated Florida State's defense and offense, really, but on defense, just physically dominated them across the field, back and forth. Like, it made Florida State quit. Uh, you know, Florida State's coming off a game where they gave up 365 rushing yards and now have to go face Boston College's mauling offensive line and A.J. Dillon. Uh, it's not going to be pretty um, you know, if, if Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's a very good running team, but if Notre Dame can run for 365 yards against Florida State, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see Boston College run for, you know, not maybe not that high, but at least 200, maybe 250 yards. I, you have to expect that at this point because Boston College is such a good running team with a good offensive line that's, and, and Florida State struggled so much with their run defense. Um, I mean, it is, it is what it is. But that'll do it for this segment on the Locked On Seminoles podcast. We'll be back. Uh, I'll be back talking in the second segment about uh, what Willie Taggart had to say about Florida State's starting quarterback and um, man, uh, and Florida State's starting quarterback and and James Blackman and DeAndre Francois. So we'll um, we'll be back in just a second talking about that. But before we get into it. Are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels uh, you never watch when you just want to see Florida State win or lose this season? Um, either one. But Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and many, many more channels. And you can stream on your big screen and your, all your favorite devices. The best part is there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. So you've got to check out Sling TV. You can sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial Locked On listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's sling.com forward slash locked on. So go check it out and don't miss out on the next big game because you're still fighting with cable. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this second segment. And, you know, I've been a big advocate that Florida State needed to be starting James Blackman, right? Um, they needed to start James Blackman against Notre Dame. They needed to start him earlier in the season. I wanted him to start after the uh, after the bye week because I think he gives Florida State the best opportunity to win because guys will play hard for him. Like that's you know the the Florida State players want him to be the starting quarterback, but you know the guy who's who's running the show, Willie Taggart, obviously continues to ride with DeAndre Francois. And he said he's going to continue to ride with DeAndre Francois from the. Uh, you know, for the rest of the season. 
he was asked if DeAndre is going to be the starter for the rest of the season. And he said, unless something dramatic happens, I don't see no reason for him not to be our starter right now. Uh, said DeAndre is not the issue of what our football team is. There's a lot of other issues. Basically said he can't block for himself. He can't catch the ball. He can't play special teams. He can't tackle. He's not the issue with our football team. And if DeAndre was an issue, then they would do something about it. That's, I mean, I, 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 I don't get it. Like, he's clearly not running the offense properly. Clearly. He's not making the correct reads. He didn't make the correct reads multiple times again against Notre Dame. He's putting the offense in a bad position. Consistently. You know, it's... I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why he continues to ride with DeAndre. The the only thing... I, and I, what, what really... I guess annoys me is that this obviously the way he's acted towards James Blackman this year, it obviously means that he doesn't believe he can be Florida state's quarterback of the future. Because if you did believe that, then why isn't he trying to get him as many reps as possible this year in this offense? Like why, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he try and get the guy who he believes can be the starter for next year? Who's obviously not, you know, uh, who, who's obviously ready to play. He threw for 401 yards and four touchdowns against uh, NC State. A guy who's obviously ready to play. A guy who can obviously get the job done. A guy that the team loves. Why isn't he getting him valuable reps and game experience in this offense if he believes that he's he, he's capable of being the quarterback of the future? I mean, that's basically, that's what, that's what this whole episode's, you know, shows me is that Taggart doesn't believe that James Blackman can be the quarterback of the future because, oh, you know, he's going to red shirt and then he's going to have another year. He had a year of experience last year. He came out and he played very well against NC state. You know, it, I, I don't get it. I, I just, you know, it's, I, I don't understand why Deon, why Taggart continues to ride with Deandre. I, I mean, it's basically, he just, I guess he, they're trying to redshirt him, but they screwed that up so badly early, early in the season that they can't do anything about it now. I mean, he played one snap against Miami. He played barely against Wake Forest, and now, you know, he can't play the rest of the season. Otherwise, otherwise uh, he's going to break the redshirt. Now, I want to see what happens if, if DeAndre goes down for a play. You know, he gets hit. He has to stay. He stays down. You know, which happened against uh, against Miami with the way DeAndre's been hit this season it's it's not safe to assume but it's a it's a good possibility that that could happen again um and I'm not saying that I hope it happens obviously you know I don't hope DeAndre gets hurt I I you know I, I hope he he continues to stay healthy and all that but if if it does happen it's going to be interesting to see how Willie Taggart handles it because Florida State has two games left they have to win both to get a bowl game. If DeAndre Francois goes down and isn't able to get back up and the uh, another quarterback has to come in, is he going to put Nolan McDonald to walk on out there? Is he going to put Cam Akers, who, you know, who uh, ran a little wild cam against Notre Dame for a touchdown at, at quarterback? Or is he going to put James Blackman out there? You know, like he, he already proved that he's willing to put him out there for one play earlier in the season when he did it against Miami. Is he going to do it again? 
You know, is he going to break his red shirt for one play when he wouldn't break it to start him? We'll have to see. I mean, he needs these games. Tiger needs to win these two games. You know, he he can't be, or I'm sure he doesn't want to be the guy who breaks Florida State's you know historical bowl streak. Most bowl, most consecutive bowl games in college football history, at 36. He doesn't want to be the quarter or the coach that that breaks that. Is he going to go with a walk on in that situation just to preserve that that red shirt? Is he going to go with a running back? We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it just it, playing for the red shirt at this point in the year is just doesn't make any any sense to me at all. You're trying to go out and you're trying to win two games. You're trying to find the quarterback that not only for this year but for the future. And I think that Willie's just handled this extremely poorly. Um, after the game, he said that DeAndre was healthy and that's why he started. Basically, he said that there was absolutely n- nothing that James Blackman could have done against NC State where he would have replaced him with DeAndre. Um, because it's, as long as DeAndre was healthy, he's going to be the starting quarterback. Okay. You know, I mean, I think that's the absolutely wrong decision. But it's... I, I don't know. He... It's it's a frustrating it's a frustrating situation and Willie coming out and basically saying DeAndre Francois is not an issue hasn't been an issue at all is is crazy to me. I mean, you you can watch the game and see that he's making the incorrect reads on some of these plays, and you you, you can't say that he's not an issue. He's clearly an issue because he refuses to run the offense the way it's supposed to. The way it's supposed to be run. It's uh, I don't know. It's it doesn't make, it doesn't make much sense to me. But that's what uh, that's what Taggart's doing. De, uh, DeAndre Francois is going to start for Florida State for the rest of the season, and we'll just have to uh, wait and see how that happens. You know, we'll have to wait and see if James Blackman is forced into playing time, which would burn his red shirt. So. Um, you know, Florida State's got two games left in the regular season. They have to win both to get to a bowl game, and we'll see how that goes. In the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Florida State basketball, who was in who was in action last night against Tulane on the road, and uh, we'll get into that and some things that I saw from that. But that'll do it for this second segment. We're talking about DeAndre. We've talked about the Notre Dame game. We're going to talk a little bit about FSU basketball and Tulane in the next segment, but. Uh, before we get into that, thanks for sticking with me as we head into this final segment. And we talked uh, we talked a lot about Florida State football and how disappointing everything is there. Well, let's flip over to Florida State basketball, where the Florida State basketball team has two and zero. They absolutely crushed Florida, eighty-one to sixty, to open the season, and they went and uh, went on the road and played Tulane last uh, last night. And uh, and won eighty to sixty nine. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't exactly the best performance from Florida State. It was a, you know, they came out, they played a two lane team that wasn't afraid, went right at him, you know, shot the three well. Uh, specifically, um, specifically the forward Kevin Zhang. I mean, he was he was lights out. That dude's a ball player, and I'm you know I'm I'm interested to see how how well Tulane plays the rest of the season. 
because with Zhang and uh, Sehik, the um, the forward, you know, the forward combinations there, uh, they combined for 43 points, and uh, both of them were really, really good. I was very impressed with with both of those. But you know, Florida State, it, it was good. I think it was really good for Florida State to come out, go on the road, and face a you know team that wasn't afraid of them. After going in and and just absolutely obliterating Florida, it was good to you know bring that rain you know rain the stuff back in to where you know this team doesn't get a huge head um, heading into the next uh, the next few games. You know, it two two seasons ago, yeah, Florida State beat five of six ranked teams and then got absolutely blown out by two two unranked teams that were barely uh, that weren't even over five hundred at that point. So, yeah, got to gotta rein it in. But I, I was impressed with a couple players. Uh, Terrence Mann absolutely killed it. Uh, he had 21 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, no turnovers. You know, he, he made shots. He, you know, hit, 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 a, hit a 3. He, he hit some mid-range jumpers. Like, he play, played extremely well. He shot over 50%. Uh, and he led Florida State to the win. I was very impressed with P.J. Savoy. Savoy had 14 points, but mostly what I was impressed with from him was his defense on the defensive end of the court. He's, his improvement on the defensive end of the court has been so impressive from what it was when he first arrived to last year to now. Like He dropped, he dropped some weight in the offseason, and he's really able to get after it on the defensive end. It's been really impressive to see him play uh, play defense at the level that that he's been playing at, and also he's still the uh, the sharpshooter out there. He hit three uh, three three pointers in the game, and then Trent Forrest had thirteen points, seven rebounds, five assists. That's I mean that's what Trent Forrest does. He he stuffs the stats. He's gonna have he's gonna hit double digits in most games. He's gonna have over five rebounds in most games. He's gonna have around five assists in most games. That's what he does. He's an excellent point guard. He's a guy that plays defense extremely well. He had three steals. So he's, you know, he's he's a guy that Florida State's, you know, is, is going to continue to build around. I mean, he's only a, or he's only a junior this year, so he still has one more year left at Florida State unless he, you know, decides to leave early for some reason. I don't see that happening at this point. But, I mean, he's he's just continued to get better, and Florida State has is in really good hands with him at point guard. Um, you know, I was, I've been very impressed with uh, – with all three of those guys, Fiondu, yeah, it, it was a it was a whistle fest in the game, um, and somehow Florida State was called for, uh, or Florida State at one point had like eight more fouls than uh, than Tulane did, and you know they went to the line they had been, they were going to the line like eight more times, so it was it was it was it was kind of a weird game. There were yeah there were forty three fouls called in the game twenty. 25 in the first half. It wasn't a pretty game. There was no flow. They didn't, you know, the officials basically took it over and didn't let anything happen to it or didn't let really anything happen without a whistle being called. And it, I mean, it was just, it, it limited the flow of the game. It limited Florida State's ability to get out and transition, but Florida State had to battle in this game. They, they had to fight for it. Tulane, um, you know, Tulane led for five minutes in this game in the first half, but they kept it close for for most of the game uh, until the second half. Florida State came out on a big run, and then you know Florida State kept it around the ten point. But you know, Tulane Tulane never went away. 
Um, they never, they never gave up. They continued to fight. They cut it down to, I believe, eight at one point in the second half. But it was, um, you know, it was an impressive showing from Tulane. Not a great showing, but a gritty showing from Florida State. And that's, you know, that's something that I believe they needed after absolutely obliterating Florida. Um, I mean, they crushed Florida. And it was, you know, it's still, I mean, that, that was, uh, that was fun to watch, but they, you know, they, they came out, they didn't, it wasn't that they did, they weren't playing hard. They were playing, they were playing very well. Tulane was hitting, was knocking down shots. They, I mean, they shot 44% uh, in the game. They, sh- Florida State did a much better uh, job of shooting, um, of stopping their shots in the, in the second half than the first half. And Tulane challenged them on uh, on the offensive end of the court from both in the on the perimeter and inside. You know they took advantage of, of Florida State's aggressiveness, and there's there's a lot to, that Florida State's going to be able to learn from this game. It's you know it, it it was a a good learning game for Florida State. Florida State still got to play a lot of players, and um, you know there's there's still a lot for this team to work on, and this game showed it. So I think that's a that's a good sign for Florida State, or not not really a good sign. But it, it was good for it to happen as early as it did. So, you know, they kind of rein in the, oh, we're the best team in the world, um, to, hey, you know, there, there are still some issues we've got to work on. Let's get back to the grind. You know, because that's what's made uh, Florida State, you know, really good over the past couple years. So, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And, um, you know, if you did, make sure to like, favorite, share, whatever you do on your favorite podcast site. If you have a friend who's interested in Florida State, make sure you tell them about it. I really appreciate I really appreciate it, and I appreciate all the support. So, But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I'm Wayne McGahee. Have a wonderful day.